And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Hey, welcome to the Mentors Radio Show, where rotating CEOs challenge your thinking about life and work. I'm John Phillips, your host for today. I'm very glad that you joined us. We have a great show planned. We'll be talking with Dr. Jane, a naturopath from Phoenix, Arizona, about how you can help take care of your most important business asset, yourself. You cannot have wealth without your health. I believe that a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs will benefit a great deal from this show. It's been, it's going to be a lot of fun. You'll learn a lot about keeping your business most important assets running to its full potential. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you, you can call us or email us at thementorsradio.com. We want to hear your questions, your concerns. It's very important to us. We want to help you with your questions, but we got to know what those questions are. So we'd like you to participate with our website and get involved. You can send us a note, give us a call anytime in the day or night, and you can find show notes, podcasts, links to our sponsors, and much more, all for free at TheMentorsRadio.com. Find us online at TheMentorsRadio.com. Every show, the three of us try to bring you a guest that will provide you information on how to better run your business. Most guests, most guests are selected because they taught each of us a lesson in our business that we want to share with you. My guest today is someone who has taught me some lessons and opened my eyes to possibly the most important part of my business, myself. I graduated high school at 17 years old and immediately became self-employed. I worked hard. I stayed up late. I traveled constantly and was under a lot of stress for the last 30 years. In my youth, I was invincible. I didn't get sick. I did not get tired. I had boundless energy. Over the years, all that's changed. I find myself being fat and 50. The boundless energy and stamina has lessened. I find myself unable to effectively work late. My mobility has lessened, and sometimes I have a more difficult time focusing as a result. As I started to accept these changes, I wanted to learn more about them. Can I change this? How did it happen? Why did it happen? How do I go about making these changes? So I did a little bit of search and I found actually a friend told me about a naturopath in Phoenix. He was also on a lot of radio stations here, known for working with a lot of professional athletes, having a lot of success getting them optimate performance. So I reached out to him as I was experiencing some issues at the time and started on a path to learning more about my health. I must admit, I have probably not been his best student, but he has opened my eyes and I am slowly in my stubbornness making changes. And most importantly, making those changes is the fact that they've been getting educated to better understand what has been going on. 
So as one of the top naturopathic physicians in the country, Dr. Jane bridges traditional ways of naturopathic medicine and modern advances in naturopathic medicines to provide his clients with a comprehensive plan for health. Dr. Jane is very famous for working with professional athletes as well as people from all walks of life. I have known him for a few years now and have been aware of his accomplishments, but as I prepared this show, I was even more amazed at what this man has done. Dr. Jane, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Well, my listeners out there, probably a lot of them do not know what the difference between a naturopath and a regular MD is. Can you help tell us about that? Sure, absolutely. So uh, basically, you know, I, I think everyone's goal in, in, in medicine, no matter what type of doctor you are, is to try to help the, the patient uh, with the best possible tools uh, to help them overcome their, their illness or disease or situation. And naturopathic medicine is different from traditional allopathic medicine like an MD or even a DO in that we're really trying to treat and address the root cause of a problem. So if someone was to come in um, with hypertension, high blood pressure, for example, we're trying to figure out what's causing it. Is it stress? Is it diet? Is it toxicity? Uh, is it all of the above versus, okay, you're, you have high blood pressure and we have to give you a medication to lower it. Obviously, we're cognizant of the fact that we need to bring the situation under control, but we're trying to, at all times, address why it's happening as opposed to just lowering a number. Um, and, and so symptoms are treated as um, pieces of the puzzle that the body's trying to basically provide us with to try and tell us that there's some problem going on and not to ignore it, but to actually pay attention to it before it turns into something more serious. So the difference really is an ideology of uh, trying to treat the root cause of the situation first in, in the least offensive, uh, in the most benign way. Uh, the no, most, uh, is your I'm training to, to become a naturopathic physician very similar to becoming that of a regular MD? So How our training it? is, 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 the education is, is similar. We have, uh, you have an undergraduate degree, uh, usually in one of the health sciences, uh, but it doesn't have to be. And then, uh, but you do have to take the same prerequisites as for traditional medical school. And then our train, our medical school training is four years. Uh, the difference lies in, in, in the postgraduate training, uh, whereas an MDDO goes into a formal residency program. Um, it's yet, it's not yet, uh, required because there's not a variety of places to go and get trained for, uh, for residency. So after a naturopathic doctor graduates from medical school and we pass our boards, then we have a license to go practice family practice. Uh, primary care medicine. Um, there are a few residency spots open, and there's some preceptorships, internships that are opening up uh, more and more every year uh, to allow us to get further training, as I did myself. Uh, but traditionally, the the education part of it is the same. It's just the uh, training hours post grad that's uh, that varies. Very interesting. And Arizona happens to be a state that has accepted nature pass. Um, basically full-heartedly, you're allowed to do a lot of the same things that regular MDs. Is that the case in a lot of states or most states, or how, how is that coming for the... Well, in the states where we're licensed, um, we are allowed to diagnose and treat, uh, order labs, um, prescribe medication. So it's a pretty broad scope of practice. Um, the great thing about all of that is that, you know, we're going we're gonna to just use the minimum amount of tools uh, necessary 
uh, and then apply our own philosophy to the situation once we figure out what's going on. We need to take a short break. You're listening to The Mentors. We're speaking with Dr. Jane of Rejuvena Health in Scottsdale, Arizona. When we return, Dr. Jane will start you on your journey to better health. Stay with us and we'll see you after the break. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors Radio, where CEO hosts challenge your thinking about life and work. Remember, you can send us a note, find show podcasts, and links to our sponsor, all for free at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. I'm John Phillips, your host for today, and we're talking with Dr. Sunel Jane of Rejuvena Health of Scottsdale, Arizona, about how to maximize the performance of your business's most important asset, yourself. Dr. Jane, thanks for joining us. Before the break, you were telling us a little bit about how you became a naturopath and how they practice here in the country and the difference between them and an MD. Um, you know, this has been a very important thing to me. I, you know, I've got kids that are coming into this business and I want to give them all the lessons that I possibly can and anybody that's came to me. And before I, you know, I wish I would have met you when I was 20 and I could probably avoided some of the things that have now become more difficult to handle and probably had, um, more pleasant experience for the last 30 years. Uh, what are some of the biggest obstacles that we as CEOs, business owners, uh, people in a career are facing out there that's really damaging to our health? You know, I think that's a great question. Um, I think in, when you talk to business owners, entrepreneurs, CEOs, I think common themes uh, reside are, uh, along stress and stress control, stress management. Um, on top of that, you know, a lot of travel and, and hosting and, and taking clients. Um, eating tends to be an issue, eating healthy, uh, as well as getting the exercise. I, I put those three things as, as the main main concerns with stress being at the top. Let's talk about stress. I mean, what, what is things that are stress? I mean, I, the, the obvious, right? You're worried about making payroll. You're worried about customer satisfaction. If employees are going to do their job, uh, your focus on the day-to-day operations. Um, what other kind of stress as business owners do we, do we, do we, uh, encounter? Well, so, I mean, those are all great points. I mean, you know, those are all things that, uh, that do create stress, but unfortunately there's very little that you can do to avoid that. So what we want to focus on is how the stress affects the body and we want to minimize the impact that stress has on the body. So there's, there's a few stress relieving techniques, stress relieving techniques that you can, you can do such as, uh, meditation and, and deep breathing and yoga. Um, there's herbs that you can take, uh, like ashwagandha and ginseng to kind of help protect the body from that stress. Um, in addition to, to uh, physical, uh, mental stress, you're also talking about stress that you're self-inducing, um, I call self-induced stress, which is eating a poor diet, not exercising. Those are other ways that the body can get stressed as well. So by combining stress-relieving techniques and eating as clean as possible and getting in some kind of daily exercise, some regular movements, and activity, I think, is, is a great way to minimize the way stress can impact the body. Exercise is a very uh, good stress reduction technique, is it not? 
It is, but you have to be careful because there's people who over-exercise and actually end up stressing their body out more than helping them. Uh, so there's a fine line there. Uh, How do you know that line? Well, I mean, I, I think it's it can be pretty evident. I mean, someone who's uh, spending two, three hours in the gym every day uh, and, it, you know, is not eating enough uh, caloric intake or is, um, you know, is run down, is getting injured all the time, you know, that's, those are great examples of, of, of getting too much. And, uh, you know, but getting 30, 45 minutes an hour exercise and movement in a day I, is, is, is sufficient. Um, I think interval-type training, um, short bursts of exertion followed by rest, I think, is, is, is really appropriate. Um, we're finding out more and more research that this long-distance running and exerting your, your body for extended periods of time may not be the healthiest for us. So, you know, I, I think there's a fine line. It's all about balance, and it's about not doing things in extreme. I imagine spending lots of time sitting in a car or an airplane or waiting at the airport, like I understand you are now, um, <laughs> is also very stressful, very hard on us. So, I mean, do you recommend that these, these folks that are doing this much traveling, I mean, do you personally get up out of your seat when you... You know, you're at in, in the airplane and do some stretching in the back, or how do you, you know, combat some of that yourself? Well, you know, uh, unless it's an extremely, you know, it's a cross-country flight or international flight, I don't necessarily going to get up and continue to move. But when I'm at the airport or as I'm doing right now talking to you, I mean, I'm just constantly moving and walking. So, you know, I'm getting my steps in. I'll probably get about 20,000 steps in today. Um, not that that's a gold standard or anything like that, but always moving, always um, uh, just, you know, uh, engaging in, in what you're doing in and, and not just being flat and, and, and just, you know, stuck in, in one ways where you're just always in your mind and you're always got this, uh, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do that in your head. You know, you're just, you're taking time to relax. And, um, and so, you know, it's very easy to, to get extra movement in, even when you're on an airplane or in the, or, or traveling, I should say. Uh, but even when you're at your desk, I mean, there's, there's, there's tools now, where you can get desks where, you know, standing type of a desk where you get uh, a desk treadmill underneath and you're, even though you're at the desk, you're, you're still moving and you're getting, uh, getting some activity in. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of ways to get, uh, to get, to get the exercise into the you know, I've, I'm, I'm on the go all the time and I don't really sit behind a desk a whole lot. I have to travel. I have to meet with people. I seem to always be meeting at restaurants too, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> I have, you know, realized that it's really not that hard to keep moving. I mean, little just changes in my own things, like I'm at the airport and I need to talk on the phone instead of sitting down someplace and talking or going in the uh, the airline lounge. I just take a walk down the lonely terminal, walk the whole way down, walk the whole way back and, and talk. You know, before not realizing how exactly. important it was, I might just sit down and and have that and now i'm trying to multitask but again it's because of some awareness um you also spoke of meditation and uh, that's something that i have practiced for about 20 years and i'm a firm believer in it's helped me like everything else it's uh you know sometimes i'm, I'm good about doing it other times i have I, i'm not every time i've ever meditated i've always i've never got up and said i wish i wouldn't have had to do that same with exercise it's always been good for somebody that wants to, and I would urge them to, to learn to meditate, is there some techniques that you would recommend or some resources where a person can go and learn these? 
you know, there are, there's, there's quite a few resources online. There's apps now that are available. Um, I think one of the easiest ways is to, is to learn and research mindful meditation and deep breathing. Um, and there's, there's a bunch of videos online that you can go to. Uh, Oprah and Deepak Chopra did a great series. Uh, they've been doing it for the last few years, and those are all archived. Um, so, you know, there's wonderful resources online as, as well as apps that you can download uh, that monitor breathing, that monitor uh, the stress state, and really can kind of help you focus and narrow in and, 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 and get into that, um, that parasympathetic mode, what we call, where you're not in that fight or flight. You're just, uh, you, you know, your body's at rest, you're at ease. It's allowing itself to recover um, and regenerate. Uh, and that's the most important thing. And so there's many different ways to go about doing that. Personally, I think mindful meditation is, is, is something that can work for most people. When you mentioned uh, Deepak Chopra and uh, Oprah, are you talking about the 21-day challenge program that they'd put out several years back? Yes, I see that's still exactly. Yeah, I actually yep. tried that and found that to be very uh, very interesting. It's a little bit different than the meditation I normally did, but I found it to be um, to be very helpful. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's 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 many ways to 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 combat stress. Um, and, and, and the, main, the main reason for doing so is because our bodies are not designed to be in a stress state all the time. Um, stress is meant to be for short periods of time to give us extra adrenaline, extra cortisol, to get, to get us through a situation that requires concentration and, and extreme focus. But when that process is activated all the time, then it starts becoming detrimental. It starts affecting our immune system. It starts affecting our blood sugar control. It starts affecting our mood, our hormone production, our sleep. So, you know, it's, it's very, very important to relax that part of uh, that system so that we have a chance to recover. We have a chance to normalize our hormones. We have a chance to relax and be able to go to sleep um, and enjoy being a, in a good mood. And so it's really, really important. Um, stress control. I used to say diet was the most important thing, and now I say stress control is the most important thing with the diet a close second and exercise a close third. That's interesting. I, I know with meditation for myself, it's been practicing it allows you to kind of deal with things and put yourself in a place where you can rest and a lot of issues go away. I personally take things very much to heart. I, once I have a task, I can't let it go. Um, and it's helped me do that pretty well, which has allowed me to be more creative in some points and probably a little easier to get along with. I think my wife likes it, especially when I've been meditating. Um, but, uh, we're going to be going to a break here in just a minute. Um, after the break, the thing that I have struggled the most with has been eating while I've been traveling in a diet. And I would like you to explain to the listeners some of the dangers of that and what's been going on. So we need to take a short break. You're listening to The Mentors. We are speaking with Dr. Sunil Jain of Rejuvenate Health of Scottsdale. And when we return, we will learn more about how to have good health. See you after the break. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors Radio, where CEO hosts challenging your thinking about life and work. Remember, you can send us a note, find show notes, podcasts, links to our sponsors, all free at TheMentorsRadio.com. TheMentorsRadio.com. I'm John Phillips, your host for today, and we're talking with Dr. Sunel Jane 
of Rejuvena Health in Scottsdale. Before the break, we were talking about the effects of stress on the body and some techniques and some resources to be able to get rid of um, stress or through meditation and certain things. Um, Dr. Jane, I, uh, I, was, I was saying that I had I would practiced meditation for about 20 years, and sometimes I'm real good at it, sometimes I'm bad at it. I've got my wife into it. I've got my kids into it. Um, I think and urge everybody that's out there, stress just, you know, like you said about the fight or flight, you're just, we just bathe ourselves in uh, cortisols and adrenaline. And after a long period of time as a business owner, uh, when you're just on edge every day trying to make decisions, especially when you start out and you're growing your business, it just takes a lot of effects. And I would urge them to, to use some of those resources for stress reduction, like meditation. And you're talking about exercise. Um, you know, and, and, and I realize just keeping moving is the most important thing, whether you like to run or you like to bike or do a little bit of weightlifting. And, and I'm sure yoga is, is excellent. Is there a better time of the day whenever you sit down and you have a regular program that you want to work out? I mean, is it better to do that in the morning, in the evening after the day's over? What helps you recharge and, and uh, take care of yourself better? You know, I, I think that's, that's a personal preference. Uh, I personally feel better when I do it in the morning. Um, I think something like, well, in terms of exercise, um, when we're talking about exercising the brain, like meditation, uh, I like doing it both morning and evening. Uh, first thing when I wake up and the last thing before I go to bed. So, you know, I, but I, in terms of morning or evening, I, I think it's more personal preference. Um, we do get some growth hormone stimulation. Um, so I feel like if you were to do it more in the, in the morning time, you get to take advantage of a little bit of that during the day. Uh, but nonetheless, you do it at night. You get the production uh, while you're sleeping, and then uh, wake up recharged. So, it's it's more of a, a personal choice there. What about sleeping? I mean, is there is the same thing with sleeping? I mean, being on the road, you're always in different beds. You're always on planes. You're sitting up. You're sitting down. Uh, or you're laying down. Um, I mean, is it still very important to get eight hours of sleep a night, like you've heard your mother tell you years ago? Um, you know, I, I think the most important thing with sleep is consistency and, um, and and getting good quality sleep. So whether it's seven hours, eight hours, uh, I think it's more of the quality of sleep that's very important. And surprisingly enough, when the body is in total harmony and in, in health, then sleep should not be a problem. You know, obviously, if you're traveling from East Coast, to West Coast, or vice versa, or internationally, the time change can take a toll. Uh, but there are methods that you can use, things like melatonin or um, uh, sleep training that you can do to to kind of help uh, minimize the impact that the travel schedule has uh, on your sleep routine. I noticed here lately with myself, I have been trying, you know, and I've been, I'm trying not to travel right now just to kind of get on top of some of these things, but I started to uh, to be more conscious of setting my flights and things so that you know, I'm leaving at more normal times. I'm not getting up at 3.30 in the morning and rushing to the airport to get on a 6 o'clock flight. <laughs> I'm trying to right. you know, get more 10 o'clock flights where I can get up at the normal time, work out, have breakfast, and go to, go to the uh, to the airport, as well as arrive someplace on time and then accept meetings and trying to be a little more mindful of that. I mean, it used to not matter. Whenever I, I left home, I just felt like I could be up for days, and those things are changing. And you know, I just want these listeners out there that are growing businesses, I want them to have their health. It'll affect them personally. It'll affect their their personalities. It'll affect their relationships. It'll affect their business. And I think it's in 
incredibly important for them to start being conscious of that. Uh, I was also reading on your website, you're talking about some unhealthy chemicals, uh, bathroom products and things. Is that something else that you are strong against? Well, uh, you know, I, I look at anything that is potentially damaging to the health. And there are over 80,000 chemicals that are in our uh, in commerce, in our environment that are used that have not been tested adequately enough from a safety standpoint. And unfortunately, you know, if they were studied, they study them in small, small microscopic amounts for short periods of time and, and then deem them safe. But it's not that short-term exposure as much as it is the cumulative effect of the long-term exposure. And we know that there's plenty of chemicals that are used in um, the production of our food and clothes and whatnot that are cytotoxic, that are neurotoxic, that are basically damaging to our cells and damaging to our DNA. And if you've got the correct genetic code as well as a little bit of stress, and now you've got toxins that are uh, being uh, impacting on the body and you don't have the proper means to process and get rid of all that stuff, well, now you have potential for damage to your DNA and possibly an autoimmune or a cancerous diagnosis, cancer diagnosis in the future. So, you know, it's a totality of exposure of symptoms that, um, that create a disease. It's not just, oh, this one chemical or that chemical. And so from my perspective, there's a lot of different ways to minimize toxic exposure um, that doesn't require you to live inside, a, in, inside of a bubble. And um, by making smarter choices, then you're minimizing the impact that you can have because you can't control everything. You can't control the exhaust or jet fuel fumes that you might inhale when you travel or you can't, or the radiation that you may be exposed to up in the air um, or the scents that are used in the hotel room or whatnot. But you can control the products that you use, the stuff that you bring into your own household um, to minimize that impact so that the, the total toxic burden is decreased. You know, in our, our studio up in Minnesota, we, um, one of the things I, you know, I've always kind of had, you know, well, again, you've taught me quite a bit about this and I've always had an interest in it. And I'm amazed at how money has influenced products out there in the average, the average person of the public just goes along and takes everything. I mean, I've changed the kind of deodorant I use because there were some rashes that were happening and I thought this is being directly put on my body each day and being absorbed and that couldn't be healthy. But in our studio in Minnesota, I actually hired a uh, janitorial company that uses nothing but all natural products. And, uh, right. you know, we, we obviously do a lot of painting. There's a lot of pollutants. Uh, we use HEPA filters um, at each station of each task. Uh, there's respirators there. There's gloves. There's different kind of products to wash your hands with that don't have, uh, you know, that don't have dangerous chemicals in it. But each day we just get inundated with an array of stuff. And I guess a person could probably look at the things that they use every day when they're getting ready in the morning. I know my wife's got a closet full of 90 things over there, it seems. So <laughs> we're going we're, we're gonna to have to take a short break. But um, after we come back, I'd like you just to draw that to a conclusion. And then I want to go on to the most important thing, the eating. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to The Mentors. We are speaking with Dr. Sunel Jain of Rejuvena Health. After the break, we'll learn more about keeping your body healthy.
And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm John Phillips, your host for the day. I'm talking to Dr. Sunil Jain of Rejuvena Health. Just before the break, Dr. Jain, we were talking about some toxins, and I just real quickly, I'd like to get on with the food part of this because I think it's so important, but can you just kind of name a couple top things that people overlook that are basically hurting their health or often hurting people's health that they just kind of overlook? Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's tons of different things, but basically you want to look at like very common items such as toothpaste and shampoos and lotions and creams and deodorants, uh, great place to start. Um, you know, even areas where you get your clean, uh, clothes dry cleaned, you know, there's, there's dry cleaners now that are using a lot less toxic chemicals solvents on their, uh, during their cleaning process. Um, when it comes to, to, to food, you want to look at uh, as organic and, and preferably local as possible. Uh, one of the most toxic substances um, that is widely used in the United States is a chemical known as glyphosate, and that's, that's it's a chemical found in Roundup, and it's sprayed on a lot of different crops, um, and they've, it's a controversial um, herbicide, uh, in terms of, you know, exactly how detrimental it is to the health. A lot of independent studies have shown that it damages the DNA. So that's why uh, buying organic uh, foods is really, really important. So, you know, when you're talking about toxins in general, you just want to avoid them as much as possible uh, from your day-to-day hygiene supplies to the food to uh, the clothing that you wear, the stuff that you bring inside the house to cleaning cleaning wise um, we even use organic pest control where they use essential oils instead of chemicals um, oh, wow. completely safe for the children for the pets um, and, and it's non-toxic so you know you, there's, there's given it's, it's there's a lot of different possibilities there when you're talking about uh, and options when you're talking about reducing chemical exposure God gave us one planet we need to start taking care of it so hopefully things like this shows like this will help People like you will help raise awareness on some of these products and we'll start eating more organic, organically and using stuff that's been put here naturally. Uh, so the big thing in traveling, and especially for me, is I'm a foodie. I eat for stress. I rest it. I, I, you know, I, I sit down in an airport and it's about having a nice dinner. It's about meeting with people and having drinks and your whatever. Um, why is eating at these restaurants so dangerous? What is it? What are they doing to us? So basically, when you're eating out at a restaurant, you have no idea uh, what's, what ingredients are used and what quality ingredients are used in the foods that you're eating. Uh, oftentimes, these restaurants are going to be using very cheap oils, like vegetable oils, to cook with. And these oils are very dangerous when they're heated up because they get turned into trans fats. Um, and have a big, big role in inflammation and causing chronic disease. Um, oftentimes also you have sugar that's added into, into the food without even realizing or, or even understanding why it's, it's necessary for them to do so. Um, and, and, and just in general, you know, it's, there's only a couple of manufacturers who distribute foods to restaurants in the United States. And so if you think about it, you know, unless they're going outside the box, pretty much getting the same stuff from one place to another. And, uh, and so aside from the fact that you're not eating the freshest food, obviously the food has been um, sitting for some time and may have been frozen 
so just overall, the quality of the food is subpar. Now, but having said that, you know, when traveling, you have no other choice. Uh, you have to eat something. And that's why I like to stick to, like, basic, basic things like salads. And in, and in salads, instead of using dressings, I like using olive oil or just a little bit of fresh-squeezed lemon with some sea salt. And I have just real simple um, grilled chicken or uh, some, some beans or some, some nuts, some seeds. The basic items on, on a menu versus very, very rich and very saucy. Um, the amount of ingredients that are used to prepare that meal. It's amazing to me, as you pointed out, how much of an issue sugar is. And it seems that there's just sugar in everything. I start looking at these, um, you know, when we go to the store and we buy stuff, we buy at a, a health food store here now. And it's even hard at a health food store to find products that don't have sugar in them in some for, form whether it's corn syrup or uh, what have you. Is there safe substitutes for sugar? I mean, you know, obviously we don't want to use sweet and low or chemicals, but is there a guavi? I mean, what what is it? What is safe? Well, you know, when I think of safe sugars, I talk about safe sugars from fruit. Um, So you can get, you can eat fruit, um, especially seasonally. But, you know, in general, the, the sugar should be avoided as much as possible and should only be consumed which is in fruit it should only be consumed if it's in fruit basically right and I mean and, and even with the fruit you know there's some people who take anything to the extreme and, and, and just eat too much fruit so you know I like I like sticking to fruits that are more seasonal um, that are a little lower on the glycemic index scale meaning they don't affect the blood sugar as much and those include like berries uh, raspberries blueberries blackberries mulberries those kind of things um, but yeah I mean you know you can you can you can get it, it takes about two weeks to overcome a sugar addiction, in some cases even three or four weeks, but usually on average about two weeks. And, it, and you can overcome that addiction by learning to satisfy the, the sugar cravings with fruit. For me, it's been an addiction for 30 years. Um, <laughs> it's been very, that's, that's, that's definitely the, the part that, it, that is hardest for me. Um, you told me something there. We just have a couple minutes before the break, but you told me something a while back about kind of what a plate should look like for somebody. You said, keep it simple, and this is what you do. Can you share that a little bit with my listeners? Yeah, you know, I, I, there's tons of diets that you hear about nowadays, um, whether it's Atkins diet or the South Beach, South Beach diet or the ketogenic diet or the paleo diet or the vegan diet or the raw food diet, and the blah, blah, blah. You know, there's tons and tons of diets. I've researched this ad nauseum. Eating real unprocessed food, and the closest that you can uh, eat it raw as possible, I think it's the healthier um, it is for you. And stick to to to, to vegetables, unlimited amounts of vegetables, um, nuts and seeds, a little bit of fruit, and if you're going to have meat, you're going to have a good quality meat, uh, and and you know and stick to that. Um, I think beans are okay to do in moderation. If you okay. stick to just more of a unprocessed whole foods, mostly plant-based diet, I think that's that's optimal. Um, but again, I'm I'm not anti-meat, and I think that if you have good quality, good source meat, then that's that's fine to do as long as you're not eating too much of it. And I think if you if you have have a lot of stress left, 
you release a lot of stress from your body. You start understanding that your body will tell you what you lean to do better on. And I imagine some people do more leaning toward being a vegetarian. Others can have more meat as well as fruit, etc. And uh, I think that's something you, as you start working down the path to good health, you'll, uh, you'll understand. We're going to take a, a short break right now. We're list, um, when we get back, I'd like to have, have Dr. Sunil Jane tell us about IV therapy and where we could possibly uh, find this kind of service close to you. You're listening to The Mentors. We're speaking with Dr. Sunil Jane of Rejuvenate Health. After the break, we have Dr. Jane tell us a little bit about IV therapy and how you can start exploring your journey to good health. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors Radio, where CEO hosts challenge your thinking about life and work. Remember, you can send us a note, find show notes, podcasts, links to our sponsors, all free at TheMentorsRadio.com. I'm John Phillips, your host for the day. We're talking with Dr. Sunal Jane of Rejuvenate Health of Scottsdale, Arizona. Just before the break, we had talked about how you can eat successfully, try and avoid processed foods, uh, more organic stuff, and we got some good, uh, good uh, advice from Dr. Jane on that. Dr. Jane, one of the things that I think is just remarkable is I have received some, you know, after making all these mistakes for these years, I've got numbers that are out of line and things that happen. And one of the treatments that you have given me to get me back to better health or on my way back to better health uh, is some IV therapy. Could you tell the listeners about IV therapy and how that's available, what it works, all that stuff? Absolutely. Um, First of all, you know, before I talk about uh, this IV therapies, you know, the, the foundation for health lies in what we've been talking about in stress control, in the proper diet, and exercise. And there is absolutely no substitute for those three. Um, having said that, you know, there are tests that I think can be routinely done at least once a year that many doctors, unfortunately, are not running. And those tests can tell us more about what's going on with the internal health outside of just um, CBC, CMP, cholesterol, lipid panel, uh, kidney, liver function that is routinely done on an annual physical and unfortunately oftentimes gives the patient a false sense of security because unless something is really wrong, those values are going to be skewed a little bit but majorly wrong. But when you start looking at other biomarkers and risk factors and you put together a whole picture, it really comes to uh, paints a picture as to what's going on. And so there's often t- times, actually, where the patient goes and gets an annual physical from their primary care doctor and, no, you know, I'm tired and I get headaches and blah, blah, blah. Um, yet when you start looking a little deeper and start looking at some of these factors, these biomarkers that are, you start seeing that they're, that they're, that they're skewed, that they're off. And uh, I can't tell you how many pre-diabetics I find uh, weekly who've been, and everything is normal because their fasting sugar hasn't been affected. But when you start looking at their three-month average, that's when you can start seeing, you know, problems start to ensue. And so we want to arrest things before they become a problem. And so that brings us to this. Once the numbers have been skewed or you start finding some patterns where 
there's inflammatory uh, markers that are elevated or there's toxicities that are being shown through some alternative testing, now you can start targeting those areas with specific nutrients and specific intravenous modalities to try and get the body back into health. Um, again, I, I preface that by itself, it's going to have some effect, but it's not going to be as great of an effect unless you combine it with the stress and the diet and the exercise control. So the intravenous methods that we utilize in our office um, vary greatly. They range from using high-dose uh, intravenous vitamin C to things like chelation therapy to help pull out heavy metals to something called ozone therapy, which is an oxidative treatment that can be used in illnesses. Um, curcumin, which is an active ingredient in turmeric, has been shown to have really, really remarkable anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer effects, but they're going to be very targeted and specific to each individual. We're running out a little bit of time. There's so much to go in with the IV therapy. Hopefully sometime in the future we can get you back on uh, the show and explain that a little bit further. Um, Dr. Sunal Jain has joined us from Scottsdale. WeRejuvenate.com. People from all over the country, if not the world, come to see this man. And I would urge anybody that has any kind of conditions and wants to get in good health to, to contact Dr. Jain. He's remarkable. Thank you for listening to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm your host for today, John Phillips. We've been talking with Dr. Sunal Jain of Rejuvena Health in Scottsdale, Arizona, about how to maximize your business's best asset, yourself. Because without health, there cannot be wealth. You can find podcast show notes and more at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. Coming up, your CEO, mentor, host, Tom Laurie and Rick Brutico will be bringing you more great topics to help you grow your business. You don't want to miss a single episode. Find us online at TheMentorsRadio.com. And remember, be all that you can be and keep a candle lit for those who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life, and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>